Well, God, our Father, we thank thee for the love tonight. The love that we are called to behold. The love that is able to take away the sins of the world. And Lord, tonight we just pray as we turn now to thy word that, Lord, you'll put a real push over this gathering. Drive back tonight the powers of darkness. Give liberty and unction and power to me to deliver thy message. For we pray in our Saviour's word and precious name. Amen. Amen. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles this evening, please, to the first chapter of the Apostle Paul, please, to the Romans. Romans chapter number one tonight. The first chapter of Paul the Apostle to the Romans. If I was to ask you this question tonight, I wonder how you would answer this question. What does the gospel mean to you? I was to go around all the homes in the Grange tonight. I knock on all the doors. I can guarantee you tonight. I received three different answers. I could knock on a door and a gentleman would come to that door and I would say, Sir, can you tell me what does the gospel mean to you? There's a big chance to me that that man would turn around and say, Sir, if you don't mind me saying the gospel means nothing to you. It doesn't mean a thing to me. I'm neither interested in the things of religion or God or anything. And you know there's many people living around here tonight like any other place who have no interest in the gospel of God. And that's sad to me. The gospel means nothing. And then I would maybe move round to another house and knock on that door and this time a lovely lady would come out to the door and I says, good evening love, can you answer me this sweet question? Yes, what is it? Can you tell me what does the gospel mean to you love? Because I was down there and I knocked at that man's door and he tells me that the gospel means nothing to him and he has no interest in it. Would you say that about the gospel of Oh, indeed it wouldn't, sir. Indeed it wouldn't. Do you know, funny, you should ask that question. Because you know the gospel means something to me. There's times running down, boys, I, the, the first thing I would play would be gospel music. And you see, when I play gospel music, you know, I get comfort from it. There seems to be some spirit of hope that comes from the gospel music that I listen to. No, I wouldn't say that it means nothing. I would say that it means something. What does that do to me? You would say, you know, Pastor McCollum, the gospel means something to me, but I would not. I wouldn't put it down. 
Well, if you're to come to me tonight and ask me what does the gospel mean to me tonight, let me tell you what it means to me. It means everything to me. Because on the 26th of August 1985, sitting in the parish church hall in the Church of Ireland there on the main street of Rock McCloy where I worshipped, I heard the gospel message that night. And I was sitting that night in an old county jumper and a pair of jeans on me and a pair of Dr. Martin boots. And what certainly wasn't dressed like this. And that night, I'll never forget, it rained poison bucket. And I was soaked to the skin before I got into the meeting, so I was baptized before I was saved. And that night, I heard a church of Ireland writer preach. I knew what happened. God opened my eyes. And I saw things that I never saw before. Thought things that I never thought before. And all of a sudden, friends, light appeared into this darkened soul, and I can take you to the very spot in that church hall where I trusted Christ as my Savior. Yes, in the church of Adam. I don't think people talking about denominations. When I think of Dean Roman Hutchison, the Church of Ireland Dean, I tell you, he was one of the biggest gospel preachers in our own country. Mm. And people annoy me at times, Christians annoy me at times, when they run down denominations. Oh, you'll hear nothing in the Church of Ireland. I'll tell you, I hear plenty in the Church of Ireland, plenty of the gospel. But what does the Apostle Paul, who wrote the third, three quarters of our New Testament, what did he think of the Gospel? What did the Gospel mean to him? Well, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 is going to tell us how Paul, what Paul thought of the Gospel and what it meant. Now, let's listen to what Paul says, what the Gospel means to him. He says, For I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God Unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Oh, did you hear Paul there? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why, Paul? Why are you not ashamed? <coughs> For it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Greek. Now listen, friends, you don't need, need me to tell you tonight that we live in a broken world. You don't need, need me to tell you that tonight. We live in a broken world that's inhabited with broken people. Broken people who live broken lives. We're surrounded by such people. People tonight who live lives with no prospect. People who live lives of no meaning. People who live lives of no hope. You know, I've met many successful people along the path of life. People who made it in the business world. People who made it in the music world. And if I was to tell you tonight that I have met some of the greatest successful people, do you know something? Underneath all that success, there's no contentment. Mm -hmm. 
Dios son antenas. A los más de los hombres. You take some of the great successful people this world has ever known. You take Alvis Presley tonight. Alvis Presley, perhaps one of the greatest singers of all time. You know what Alvis Presley said one time? I would give everything away just to live an ordinary life. I would give everything away just to be an ordinary person. To be able to go to church like an ordinary person. That's what I was trying to say. You take Robin Williams tonight. The man who could make the whole world laugh, but the same man couldn't make himself smile. So much so. He ended up taking his own life. He thought life wasn't worth that. Even with all his success. Why is this world a broken world tonight? Why are people living broken lives tonight? Let me tell you why. It's because of the main problem sin. What does the Bible say in Romans 5 and 12? As by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death has passed upon all men, for all have sinned. But thank God tonight there's an answer for sin. Thank God tonight there's an answer for the broken soul. And that answer tonight is in the gospel message. That's why Paul says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to every one that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Gentile. <coughs> no, friend, this is the gospel of Christ tonight. It's not the gospel of the Baptist. It's the gospel of Christ. And the gospel of Christ is the power of God tonight. And God today has given me a message on the power that can change everything for you tonight. It's the power of God that can change everything. It's the power of God that can change your life, Lord. It's the power of God tonight that can transform your lives. He may look up at me and say, Pastor McConnell, can you tell me what the gospel of Christ can do for me? Of course it can. Let me tell you what the power of God through the gospel of Christ can do for you today. You know the first thing it can do? It can cancel your past. It can cancel your past. You know in the book of Psalms, Psalm 51, you find there a man praying. You know what he prays? Have mercy upon me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindnesses, according to the multitude of thy mercies, blot out my transgressions. And I tell you, the man that prayed there, that prayer, don't do all most unforgivable things. You know what he did? He committed adultery with another man's wife. 
never committed an adultery with another man's wife. Wife, then he found out that she was expecting his baby. And he done everything to cover the sin. And the man's name was Uriah, the husband of this woman here in the Pharaoh. And he tried his best to get Uriah out of the room on the street, but the man covered up so it wouldn't be seen. But Uriah was a better man than David. Uriah was a lawyer than David. He wouldn't go home. He made his palace door. I'll tell you, Uriah was a better man than David. And because friend Uriah wouldn't go home, do you know what he did? He sent Uriah to the hottest part of the bottle to have him kill her. So that he could take his wife. And that nobody would know. But let me tell you tonight, friends, the Bible makes it clear, be sure, your sin will find you right. And this is David we're talking about, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the man that penned that lovely psalm, the 23rd psalm, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not fall. That hymn that was sang at most funerals was the same man that committed those two great evils. And I want a wee word just with Christians now. Sometimes missions is good to wait on Christians up a wee bit. <coughs> Don't you think? Sister, don't you think, brother, you wouldn't fall? I always quote First Corinthians 10 and 12. Let him not think of his standard. Take heed. Lest he fall. I have had boys come to me. Oh, that would never happen to me. Who do that? I would never dream of that. I six months down the many done worse. That's why, my dear brother and sister in Christ, make sure your walk with God's a close one. Make sure it's a close one. And you see, friend, this is something to me that the gospel of Christ can do for you, and it can counsel your past. This is why the Lord Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross to bear your sin on his own body upon the tree and regardless of what that sin is, that sin can find forgiveness through the blood of Christ. What can wash away my skin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'll tell you, friend, tonight, that there's one thing the gospel of Christ can do for you, it can counsel your past. You know what the good news of the gospel is tonight? God delights in forgiveness. And God specializes in mercy. Oh, friend, tonight, Maybe you're sitting in this meeting tonight and something in your past troubles you and nobody else knows nothing about it. It will surprise you who's trouble. Something happened years ago and you've never told anything about it. I'm afraid it keeps coming back. No friend, listen to me. There's one that can take that guilt away. His name is the Lord Jesus. 
He brings tonight the power of counsels. You know, friends, tonight, listen to what God says. Never you mind what George McConnell says. You listen to what God says. God says in Isaiah 43, verse 25, I, even I, am he that bloweth out thy transgressions, even for my own name's sake. Is it not wonderful tonight? Is it not wonderful? The psalmist could say, as far as the east is from the west, so far doth he remove our transgressions from us. And the man that wrote this verse was once a gospel hearer himself. He was a Christ hearer. He was a Christian hearer. He was a church hearer. He put Christians to death. And if there was any man that knew the forgiveness of God, and if there was any man that knew the power of God through the gospel of Christ, it was the Apostle Paul, friends. Oh, friends. Oh, yes. Paul believed that Jesus of Nazareth died for him. The man that he hated loved him. Died for his sin, and one day on the Damascus road, it was twelve o'clock in the day, when the sun shone its greatest, then the Lord Jesus came to Saul. And said to Saul, 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 when persecutest thou me? And he got down, and he fell on the ground, and he looks up, and he says, Who art thou, Lord? Who art thou? I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. You know what his next words were? What wilt thou have me to do? You know, friends, tonight, it's wonderful to know that the gospel of Christ and the power of God can cancel your past. Sheila O'Callaghan was a wee Roman Catholic girl that grew up in Belfast in the 60s. And in the 60s in Belfast, there was a Sunday school almost in every street corner. And Sheila O'Callaghan's parents used to send her to one of those Sunday schools. But the problem with Sheila O'Callaghan was she was a wee rep. You know what I mean with a wee rep. But the Sunday school teacher that Sheila O'Callaghan had had wonderful patience. But there was the odd Sunday that he had a Sabbath home again. But she kept coming back and he kept welcoming her back in again. The years passed. She grew up and got into an awful trouble. Lived an awful sinful life until one morning she woke up. And she just coughed from him. And she started to cough up blood. When she coughed up blood, friends, she got scared. And when she got scared, you know the first thing she thought about? The wee lessons of the Sunday school teacher taught her years before this. You're a Sunday school teacher in this church today. See them wheels that you have around you, you don't give up on them wheels. I always say this to me. 
the work of a Sunday school teacher who we have will ever night in her body. And Sheila O'Tallaghan remembered the verse, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And she gave her life to Christ at the side of the bed. But she had a problem. And the problem was, the problem was, has God really forgiven her? One day she went to the doctor about this whole coughing up the blood thing. And the doctor said to Rashida, listen, the, the best cure for you, though, was to go up in the summertime and spend your summer months up on the North Antrim coast and let the salt air breathe in the salt air. And one morning up there in the North Antrim coast, Sheila O'Callaghan was greatly burdened about the life that she lived before she was saved. Has God really forgiven me? Got that card, she took her wee Bible and she went down to the giant's causeway. And you know what? The, the pile of stones is there on the shore. And she walked down there one morning, alone, nobody else with her. And she bowed her head on that rock and she says, Oh God, you know the trouble that I'm trying to get out of my head about my sin. Oh God, show me, show me, Lord, somewhere from your word that my sins have been forgiven. And she opened her day, but I missed the friends, nothing happens by chance. There came a wee gentle breeze across the ocean, and Sula of Calicum believes that in that breeze was the wise bending of God that opened her Bible to the wee prophecy of Micah. Now she looked down to that little phrase in Micah. I talked about how I cast all thy sins into the depths of the sea. And God spoke to Sheila O'Callaghan sitting there and said, Sheila, will you take a look out there as far as you can see? Well, that's just what I have your sins are lying at the bottom. Number of years after this, Sheila died. And her parents were going through her her possessions and the famous we took this wee piece of paper. And then the piece of paper was as poor. I will cast all your transgressions into the depths of the sea. Your sins and iniquities, whatever they be. Though they mount up to heaven or reach down to hell, they shall sink in the depths and above them shall swell. All the waves of my mercy, so boundless and free, I have cast all my sins to the depths of the sea. And my friend, let me tell you about how the power of God through the gospel of Christ can cancel your past. It carries a promise. Do you know what the promise is? Your sins and your iniquities. I will remember no more. You know what God does the moment you trust Christ? He takes every one of your sins and he puts them under the blood, never to be remembered. And thy God tonight, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth from all sin. And that's what the power of God through the gospel of Christ can do tonight. And can cancel your past. Let me tell you something else then, very quickly. What the power of God can do through the gospel of Christ, it cannot only just cancel your past, it can cover your problems. 
that can cover your problems. Do you know God makes a wonderful statement? In the book of Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14, you know what it says? You know what God asks? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? In Jeremiah 32 verse 27, I think it is, this is what God says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? No friend, listen. The power of God through the gospel of Christ cannot only cancel your past that can conquer your problems. Conquer your problems. Whatever those problems may be, thank God the power of God through the gospel of Christ can conquer them. I got a phone call one night from a lady and she asked me when she answered the phone, is that you, George? And he said, yes. She says, you know, I've been trying to victim Maxwell and I can't get victim. I thought of you. I tell you what it is. There's a lady around here in London, Lane Grove, and she's talking about taking her own life. Will you come round and talk to her? And this is 12 o'clock at night. I'm in the bed. And I got out of bed at 12 o'clock at night, and the age was sticking, and I tell you, I just pulled the clothes on over the pajamas, and I didn't know why I was putting the trousers on back to front, or front to back, I don't know. But I pulled them on, and pulled them just around it, and off I went. And I went round to this wee house in Lime Grove in London. And I walked into this home. And the lady that rang me brought me in. Her and her friend were sitting with this wee woman. And there she was, and this is what you call her. And she was sitting like a wee twisted frame. And the lady that rang me said to me, This woman has been an alcoholic for years, for goodness sake. And she's tried everything to get off. She's tried alcoholic, alcoholic and almost. She's tried everything in the book to try and get off the cushion drink. And I am. An easy going gay. You should probably pick up on an easy going gay. And so sit in the chair and I don't know where to sit me on in the chair and put me on her in and just like that. This is what's wrong with you though. She says, nobody loves me. How she say not at all? Hey, says your Margaret's here and Elizabeth's here. Hey, says it's your lady. I'm very here because we care for you. And he says, you know, but God loves you. And I'll never forget her words. Not to the day I die. She said to me, George, God could never love me. Look at me. I'm just a room. I'm just a wreck. I've been a wino all these years. God could never love me. Ah, now she's saying, now this is with the heavy. God loves you. I'll never prove it. And I read to her John 3 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only forgotten son. Whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is what you're hearing, though. Elizabeth, boxes, I guess I'm looking here. Now let's read this again. For God so loved Elizabeth that he gave his only forgotten son that if Elizabeth believes in him, she should not perish but have everlasting life. Ah, but she says, George, all about the drink. So 
me tell you what the Lord Jesus says. John chapter 8 and verse 36. Whosoever therefore shall, whosoever son makes free, is free indeed. And he says, Jesus can set you free, Lord. Jesus can set you free. And you know it's a bit. This woman sitting there, twisted up, looked as a skunk for us, which it was. She'll be on her knees in front of the fire. She says, get down here, get down here, tell me, how can I get it into my heart? How can I get it into my life? And then get down beside her, or on my knees, just like this. She says, you pray like this, Lord. You just pray after me. And I tell you, give her a hand and a short prayer. Because the spirit of God of all coming for her prayer. If I hadn't prayed home, she would have made me drunk. If I hadn't been sitting any longer with her. But we're there to the Lord. And let me tell you then, she got off that floor, sober, as a judge. You're the first thing she done. She took the cigarettes that she had in her apron, and she just threw them into the back of the fire. And they said, boy, this is wonderful, isn't this wonderful? And we sat together. And if Elizabeth one of them really she was here tonight, she would tell you, the transformation just happened in seconds. Now you used to hear men talk like this with their experience. Now you thought maybe we're not a wee bit far fetched, far fetched, very put. I see it with me on your eyes. And the sucker maybe for another hour. And then I began to sing and I can sing noon. Say we'll sing a wee hymn before we go. And I asked her, I said, What would your favourite hymn be if you were? What a friend we have in Jesus. She said, No matter him, but we'll sing before we go. And the four of us sung. Even the wee foreigners have them. Not you should hear the wee woman made no choir, but I'll tell you the joy of the Lord was in that room. Mm-hmm. The following Tuesday night, I'm back around to see that wee lady, and I'll tell you the truth, my faith was in the boots. Acts as high as we have ever done. A spur of the moment came. And I was going around expecting to see this wee woman back to square one again, and I knocked on her door, and when she opened the door, I couldn't believe it. You talking about it, she And she says, come on in, nobody can see you, come on, we'd like to be a cup of tea. Now you see when you were out in the room, there's nothing a cup of tea. We don't tell you anything about the lady's here. You just need a proper cup of tea. You just do it. And this wee lady brought me in a cup of tea. I says, how are you getting on, Elizabeth? You know something, since last Tuesday, I have never realised how much drink I'm drinking. I was drinking. You know, I'm finding bottles of wine in the cold house. I'm finding bottles of wine in the hot press. Even for the bottle of wine behind the toilet. I'm finding bottles under the sink. He says, now listen, if I listen, slow down, slow down now. Now you be honest now, nobody's here only the two of us and God's listening. What are you doing with those bottles of wine that you're finding? What are you doing with them? Now be honest. To be honest, George, I took a quart of one and I just snapped it. And you know something that near turned me nuts. And this is what he's doing. I pour it down the toilet. And every every bottle I got, I just handed them down the toilet. She says the only problem is now, if there's any rats down in the sewer, there's not drink down there, you've been drunk for a fortnight. But we have to tell you, friends. That wee woman lived a month after that. She died within a month. 
But Elizabeth the lady who was there that night was able to tell me. Within that month, she told every care that came into that wee home that she trusted Christ. Some of you have been saved for years and you haven't told one. And that wee woman in the month of told her what did every care come in? She told him how the Lord Jesus changed her life. You see, friend, the power of God through the gospel of Christ it can conquer your problems. Thirdly, the power of God through the gospel of Christ will not only cancel your past, conquer your problems, let me tell you, it will change your personality. Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, behold, all things become new. Friend, I can tell you, you know what you're looking up at today? A walking miracle. A transformed sinner. No friends to see them. That's the change of Jesus. But I remember, when I got saved, all oh, I, I was talking about a state, you know, and I'm working on it. I hear people say, I'll give them a fortnight. Give them a fortnight. Once the mission's over, you give them a fortnight. George to the back to normal. That's 38 years ago, and I haven't been normal since. <laughs> I've been blessed with the sacred abnormality that only Jesus can bring. You see, then the power of God through the gospel of Christ that only counsels your past. And not only cover your problems, but it will change your personality. That a man made in Christ is a new creature, you know. Old things have passed away. Old old things can become new. You know, the night I got saved, I didn't know when I walked home, ran home, looked home, flew home, I was not excited. Boys of the angels in heaven were rejoicing over my salvation. I can tell you I was rejoicing no more. I can say tonight what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Let me tell you then, religion will not for me. I don't hate religion. I hate religion. Because the devil has used religion to bring more people to hell than anyone else. More people have been and are in hell because of religion. Religion tells you you're good enough as long as you pay plenty into the field. Oh, you're good enough. I tell you, you're not good enough. And there's more people in hell because of religion. But every person tonight that's in heaven is in heaven. Why? Because they believe the gospel of Christ and they trusted in the Christ of the gospel. And they have been redeemed by the precious blood, signed and sealed when the Holy Spirit entered. Born in the family and vote of God, here, what belonged to you that experience today, you haven't ever had. You could leave this church hall today, bowing on your way with a spring in your step, with a smile in your face, and a song in your lips. I tell you, Ben, that's the chains of Jesus, friends. But my friend, you must take the step today. You see, friends, this evening, if you really want real life, if you really want real hope, you want real peace tonight, it's all found in one person, and that person is the Lord Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other. Oh, salvation's not in the Baptist church, you know. 
Not very big. That's right. It's not in any church. It's not in any minister. I was not in any good works. I was not in any other religious ritual. Salvation's in Christ the Lord. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, the joy of sins forgiven, the assurance of a saved soul, and the experience of a transformed life can be yours to me. If you will, don't trust them. That's why we were in prayer. I want every head bowed, please. Every head bowed, and whatever you close, and if you're a Christian, then will you pray? You know, tonight, people are really looking for life, and they're looking for hope, and they're looking for peace. They're looking for the right things, but they're looking in the wrong places. You want to know real satisfaction in life tonight, and real peace to your soul? Then if you want that assurance that your sins is forgiven and you're the whole hell, then you have to take one step to me, and that step is repentance and faith, but there must come repentance first. Only a step to Jesus, sir. Why not take it now? Only a step to Jesus, love. Why don't you take it now? We are here tonight for you. Listen, I don't do a please. Any person that I have ever led to the Lord, I never had to go looking for them. They have come looking for me. And if you want to get saved tonight, will you come and see us? See me, see the pastor here. We're not here to make you a Baptist. We're not here to force you into anything. But if you've got questions, come and ask us. We're the Lord to talk. Look to him. But believe me, we're not going to force you to make any decision. But hear the help. Our Father God, now Lord, the seed that has been sown, Lord, keep thy hand upon it. Keep the devil from it. And pray that Lord will bear fruit and salvation and souls to men. For we pray in our Savior's wonderful name.